Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Well, today is a very different Sunday as uh, we celebrate what we call in the church as communion, or maybe some of you heard it as Lord's Supper. Uh, maybe some of you are not used to church, or maybe you've been to church for a while. When you enter into a church and you see that there's going to be communion or Lord's Supper, um, you're excited. Although some of you might come in here and go, what, what does it mean? What are we doing how do they do it? Maybe if you're here, not often you've not celebrated communion with us and already you're feeling anxiety, uh, you're feeling pressure because um, you want to understand and you want to know exactly what it is you're doing and partaking and what everyone's doing. And um, if that's you, uh, here's my promise to you today. Every so often in our church as we do communion, what I like to do as a pastor is um, explain exactly what it is that we're celebrating and exactly what it is that we're doing. So that way, by, by the end of this service, you'll know exactly what communion is and why we're participating or whether you should even participate. In order to set this up, um, a special thanks to Pastor Aaron the last couple of weeks filling in as I, I had a wedding to do in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, we took a little vacation after that. Um, but if you've ever been to Boston, I love Boston. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, and I remember uh, our 10-year-old Connor, we were kind of telling him about it, and he was studying all semester long about the colonialism, about the birth of our country, about um, that time period. And so we were excited because I had this wedding to do to be able to take him and take a few days and for him to, to do the Freedom Trail and to be able to see the sights and really experience all of New England and, and what it has to give. And so the night before we left, um, we were telling Connor about this and then Connor said, Daddy, what's your favorite part of Boston? I go, well, buddy, there's a lot. I said, but what I'm really excited about is going to this place called Mike's Pastries. And if you've ever been to Boston on the north end, there is a, yes, those of you who know me know that, yes, my food, my love for food, but Mike's Pastries, this Italian, as you can see, Italian um, place that has all these amazing different kinds of these things called cannolis. In fact, in the garden, I think it wasn't apples. I think there were cannolis hanging from the trees. I'm just saying. Um, but that's a picture of a cannoli with chocolate chips. And you guys are already getting very, very hungry, I know. And so I was telling Connor about these amazing cannolis. It's one of the oldest bakeries in the United States. When you go there, the actual inside, there might be 75 people in line pushed to the doors. And when you open the doors, there's a line of people outside trying to push in to get into this place. At 10 o'clock in the morning, all the way until midnight, you can find those kinds of lines at Mike's Pastry. So we, we travel to Boston, we get to Boston, and we're there, and we're kind of seeing a few sights. And I said, well, hey, buddy, it's our first night. What do you want to do? Dad, can we go to Mike's Pastries? I looked at him intently in his eyes and said, I've never loved you more than this moment in my life. So I said, of course, buddy, we can go to Mike's Pastry. So we went to Mike's Pastry. There's a line, but it goes really quick. We went in the line. And from the line, we got daddy's favorite, two eclairs. Those are eclairs. Those are amazing. It'll change your world. And then we got him a cannoli on the side. And so we sat there and we ate it. And I'll never forget. And the reason why I say this is, is Connor's sitting there. He's eating this cannoli. He's smiling at me. He's sitting back. I'm eating my eclair. And so true story, he gets done with this cannoli. He sits back, crumbles up his napkin, puts it on the table and goes, Dad, I'm good. And I go, what do you mean, buddy? He goes, I've seen Boston. I'm good. We can go home now. 
And I said, well, well, Connor, I said, there's so much more to do in Boston and we haven't even seen the city. There's like, dad, I don't have to see another thing. I'm good. And so this is the face of a boy who says, I'm good. Here's the point though. I'm sitting here trying my best to tell Connor, Connor, you, you haven't even scratched the surface of this city. There's so much to see. But in his little mind, dad, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I think for those maybe in this room that have been Christians all their life, for those that just started Christianity, for those that maybe you're learning a little bit about who Jesus is, I think sometimes we get up in the morning and that's what we say to God. I think we look at God and we think about one thing or one thing on our agenda or one purpose for our day and we look up at God and say, God, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to see the grandkids today. That's the only thing on my mind and that's all I need to experience today because I'm good. And I think some of us who are married and we have a great family and we just wake up and say, oh, I'm hugging my spouse. Oh, God, I'm good. This is all I have to do today. I'm good. And I think God does what I did as a dad to Connor. I think God wants to look down into our hearts and he wants to say, Terry, there's so much more that I have planned for you today. There's, you just scratched the surface on this day. You have no idea where I want to take you in the next month. You have no idea all the opportunities I have before you. You have no idea who's moving in your neighborhood. You have no idea who you're going to meet in just a few days. Terry, today you have so many opportunities that I want to give you to experience all in life that I have to give you. You haven't scratched the surface. So Terry, don't sit back and say, I'm good. I've experienced it. This is all I need. Because Terry, there's so much more. And I think that's what communion was meant for. I think today as we sit around and as we think about what Jesus said and what he did, I think the reason we're here is to be reminded that there is more to life than what we're experiencing right now. And God wants to remind us that, yes, it might be good, but there's so much more. And I want you to experience it. In the Bible, you know, Jesus, as he sat at the table, he talks specifically about the bread and the wine. And there's a lot of symbolism in that. And, and I don't want you to, you, if you have your Bibles open, that's great. I just don't want you to flip around too fast and miss something. So I want you to pay really close attention to the screen. Because I don't know if you know this, if you've been in our church for a long time, we do this from time to time and I will bring this up. But in the Bible, when God created the heavens and the earth and he placed all the animals and the trees and he created perfection. The Garden of Eden was perfection and his desire was to be and to walk with man and woman and to be able to show them everything and to be able to experience everything together so we wouldn't miss anything. That he'd be right there and we say, oh God, this is all I need to see. Look, that is an amazing duck. That's all I needed to do today, God. And God's like, no, 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 no. I want you to see the chicks. It's amazing. And to experience it. And so the first command that God gave to Adam, the first thing he said to Adam, and I want you to pay really close attention when he put him in perfection, he said this, take a look from Genesis 2.16, but the Lord God warned and commanded him. He said, all right, here's the first command. Focus on the first command. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. I'm going to say that again. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. Now, those of you that are Christians, you know what's coming next. And you skip over this part because you know he's going to say, but don't touch the tree of knowledge. Don't touch the tree of good and evil. And we focus on that because that's a big deal. But I don't want you to miss God's first command. What did he say in perfection? I want you to freely eat of every 
tree except for that of everything. In other words, God came to us and said, Terry, I have everything here for you to soak in and to experience. I was looking up the definition of what it means to eat, and I want you to take a look at this. This is the definition. It means to consume, to receive that which nourishes, sustenance. It's a matter of life and death. In other words, God created all of these fruits all from all these trees, and he says to all of us, I want you to experience all of it. It is life and death to you. And in our lives, God says to us, Terry, every day of your life, I want you to eat. I want you to soak it up. I want you to consume all that I have to give you. What's interesting is, is if you open the first page of the, or the first few pages of the Bible, you see the first command. But if you go all the way to the book of Revelation, God has a last command and it ties with the first command. And in the last command, I want you to see very closely the language that God gives. Take a look at this from Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. The first command in the Bible is to eat freely. The last command of the Bible is to drink freely freely. And I want you to look at the definition of what it means to drink. I love this. Take a look. To drink, to take in liquid. But the second definition hopefully changes the way you look at the definition of drink. To watch or listen to something with eager pleasure or interest. It's as if God in his command in the Bible says, Terry, when you open these pages, I want you to consume all of it. And then I want to remind you in the end, at the back end of the Bible, I want to remind you that it is open for everyone, to anyone, to some of you in here right now who say, I'm so far from God. I do so many bad things from God. God doesn't even want to look at me. God doesn't care about me. God's mad at me. To you, I say this. God in the end says to anyone, say, come, anyone. Skeptic, I say, come. Sinner, I say, come. Liar, I say, come. Cheater, I say, come and drink freely of what I have to offer. First command of the Bible to eat, the last command of the Bible to drink, and everything in between to soak in and experience. The problem is, I think a lot of us in life, life gets in the way, and we look at God and we say, God, I'm good. I don't have to read. I don't have to understand more of you. I'm good. And I would tell you this. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. Yeah, you could say I'm good. But what you're missing out in is all that God has for you because he wants you to consume. Now, I want you to pay really close attention because this ties, these two command ties to Jesus sitting at the table with his disciples. And many of you have heard Jesus at the table with his disciples and you've heard what he has to say. But now with the knowledge of the first command, the last command, what it means to eat, what it means to drink, how it's freed everyone, I want you to look at what he has to say a little more intently. This comes from Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. As they were eating the disciples, Jesus took some bread. And I know you walked in and you smelled a lot of bread today. And he blessed it. And he broke it into pieces. And I could just imagine the disciples. And I could just imagine them looking at Jesus. If I was sitting at that table, I'd have been looking at 
a couple of buddies sitting around the table saying, what's he doing? He's acting kind of strange. I'm not really understanding what he's talking about. I'm hungry. And so he's, he's tearing this bread apart like some of you are really hungry. You know, it is about 1040. So it is coming to that mid-morning snack time. But Jesus is sitting there and he's tearing this apart. And he said, this, this is my body. He broke it into pieces, gave it to them saying, take this and eat it. Eat it. Do you see what Jesus was doing? He was reminding all of us to the first command that God gave humanity and saying to me and to you, Jesus looking at us and saying, Terry, there is so much to this life in mind and in mission. It's as if Jesus is saying things like this. You are a part of me and I'm a part of you. We are one in mission and in mind. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's saying, look, he said, there's so much to this life. He was telling the disciples, I'm about to go and I'm about to leave but you are a part of me and I'm a part of you. And so in this life, I want you to eat it. I want you to consume it. I want you to take everything inside of you and I want you to live. And so today, as we gather for communion, when we take that cracker in just a few seconds, which represents this bread, which represents his body, when we take that cracker, we put it in our mouth. It's as if we say in our hearts, Jesus, there is so much more to this life than I'm living. And right now I'm reminded that I am every day of my life to give you thanks and to consume all that it is, all that I have. I've gifted beyond belief that you've given me. And I'm going to take my gifts, take my talents. I'm going to pour them into the next generation. I'm going to pour them into my spouse. I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more loving. And I'm going to try my best to live as you call me to live. When you take communion, that's what you're saying when you eat and consume. There's a second thing that Jesus did at that table after he said that. And the disciples had no clue. But then he reaches over and he takes a much smaller cup than this. And he says the following. He took the cup of wine, gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of man. He takes the cup and he says, drink freely. Do you remember what it said in Revelation just a little bit ago? Let anyone come. Let anyone drink freely. It confirms the covenant between God and man. You are my people and I am your God. And because Jesus was dying on that cross, he shed his blood. It was poured out for all, anyone who would come. And for all that drink that symbolizes, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm going to consume this life in mind and in mission with God. And as I drink this cup, I'm reminded of the sacrifice he gave me. And no matter how far I run from God, no matter how dirty I get, no matter what I've done, I can always say, come. And I can always present myself to my father and say, father, forgive me. And because of the cup of the new covenant, I am forgiven because he is my God and I am his child. That's, ooh, that was kind of good. That was like a Darth Vader-ish there, attention. That's, I have to do that one more time. That's, see you smiling over there. That's the story of communion. And so now what does it mean for you and I sitting here today as we're about to partake? It means for some of you who feel guilty and far from God and you don't even want anything to do with him, he says, come. But Terry, you don't, I know, come. So if you're in this room 
when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in just a moment, he says, come. He says to eat freely and be reminded to consume. He says to drink freely and reminded that I am your Lord and Savior and I forgive you and I love you no matter how far you run. But there are two conditions as we come to the table, so to speak, here today. And it's really, really important. First, I would tell you for Christians in this room, it's a family meal. And so as you come to the table, the thing that God wants us to do before we partake is to examine our own hearts and to say, God, is there anything separating me from you? Is there anything that right now, as I symbolize consuming all of life and recognizing your forgiveness, is there anything that I need to say, God, I need to lay this down in front of you because I don't dare want to symbolize something that isn't true in my heart. And so in just a moment, I'm going to lead all of us in a prayer and I'm going to ask God on behalf of all of us to search our hearts and I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to say, God, I, in my heart, I lay this down before you, ask your forgiveness. He is faithful to cast it as far as the east is from the west. But I mentioned that this is a family meal and I would say this, if you're a skeptic in this room, he even says, come. But the one condition that we have symbolizing is in order to partake in this meal, you have to believe in what it represents. And so if you're sitting here today and you'd say, Terry, you know what? I, I, I don't necessarily believe in what you're saying. I don't believe he's the son of God. I don't believe we're to consume life. I don't believe in what he did on that cross. If that's you, then when these plates our deacon servant leaders are going to pass the elements from person to person, when it comes in front of you, you simply take it and you pass it to the person next to you because I would never want you to participate in something that you don't believe in. That wouldn't be right of me. So just very kindly pass it to the person next to you. But if you're here in this room and you're a skeptic and you came in the day and you say, Terry, that's the kind of savior I want to have. That's the kind of life I want to live. But maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and savior. In just a moment, as I pray for all of us, I'm gonna give you an opportunity if you'd like, no pressure to say yes to Jesus and to the life he has to give. And then you are invited. Let all come and eat or drink freely that believe. So right now, would you join with me and bow your heads and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for this message. And right now, uh, with all eyes closed, heads bowed, and individuals in this room, I pray for the Christian in this room, for the Jesus follower, for the ones that say that they are a believer in you. God, right now, I invite you to search our hearts and all across this room, watching online across this country, for those that are sitting there, I Lord, we invite you in our hearts and we say, God, search me. And God, if there is something you're bringing to our mind right now that we are doing that we know we shouldn't do, God, right now as an act of obedience, God, we lay that before you and we say, God, forgive me. God, thank you that right now, even though I'm feeling conviction, conviction's a good thing, guilt isn't. So God, right now, if I mean it in my heart and I lay it at your feet, God, you have promised to take it and to make it go away. So God, thank you for the forgiveness that you give. Thank you for the clean hands that I can have. And so Father, right now, I celebrate with you in just a moment as I participate in your supper. For those in this room that maybe have never given your life to Jesus and said, I want to live my life learning more about you and following your ways. If you're here and you'd like to do that and make that confession today, just pray this in the privacy of your heart. Dear Jesus, I know that I mess up. I know that I'm a sinner. I will never be perfect. But God, right now, 
I just want you. So God, forgive me of the things I don't even know that I'm doing that are wrong. But I look forward to learning more about you. And God, as I do, I promise to walk more faithful to what you call me to. So God, right now, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you that today I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I will spend eternity with you because I have drinking of the new covenant, accepting the gift you gave on that cross. Thank you that today I am a new creation. So Father, right now, may you bless this time and may we be forever changed because of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.